Welcome to the Anchored Voice. This is a podcast helping men to anchor life. I'm your host, Dr. Phil Tu. Welcome to the program. McGuireware, fashion your faith with themes like I will not fear. I love Jesus. Be a new person. Be reinvented. Celebrating Black history and Hispanic heritage with Black Tino. Epic Revelation 1 7. Power of a sound mind and always stay prayed up. You can find these in t shirts and hoodies at www.mcguireent.com. McGuireware, fashion your faith. All right, everybody, welcome to the Anchored Voice. This is a podcast helping men to anchor life. And uh, this podcast is a very special podcast because uh, as we are in the shutdown phase, we are dealing with men without sports, men without sports. And I brought a great friend of mine. Uh, he's a pastor in Brooklyn. Uh, there's so much to tell you about him. I'm going to, I'm going to share a few items with him, with you about him. Uh, he does his own, uh, video cast church guys and gals like sports too. Please everybody give your applause and welcome pastor David Wright. What's up, man? Thank you for... Thank you for being on this podcast. Pastor Philip Wesley, it's good to be here with you, man. Good to see you, my friend. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, before we go into sports, I'm going to tell people about you a little bit. Um, your, your dad, uh, Pastor Reverend Timothy Wright, um, uh, great icon in gospel music. And... Um, I mean, who has, I don't know what choir hasn't sung one of his songs, Come Thou Almighty right. King, Teach Me How to Pray. Actually, my daughter's children's choir sings Teach Me How to Pray, so that's become one of my uh, favorites. Um, and, you know, just so many more. Uh, but let me just talk about you for a minute. Uh, you had a book called The Power of Forgiveness. Uh, so I'm going to bring you back on another podcast if you are available to talk about that book. I want to talk about the power of forgiveness in regards to men, but that's not today. But uh, just want to uh, let everybody know that you do have a book called The Power of Forgiveness, Seven Steps to Overcoming Anger, Hate, and Rage. And yeah. one of my, about two podcasts before, I did one on The Angry Man. So I'm going to have to do The Angry Man Part 2, but you're going to have to be on and we have to talk about it. Uh, you've had, um, successful albums. Uh, there was a single that you came out with recently, Clap Your Hands. Um, that's one, but you have another one. Uh, let's see, Mighty Long Way, Mighty Long Way. Yeah. And then, uh, your church or your choir, New York Fellowship Children's Choir also released an album that has had great success. 
Um, before this shutdown, it was a stellar nomination. I, I believe yes. at least I know I voted for it. So, uh, yeah, we, um, he's also the uh, president, CEO of Godfather Records. So, uh, you know, we definitely want to welcome him. And um, now we're not here for that, but I do want to let the listeners know what you have accomplished, what you're doing and, uh, you know, how they can find you. So uh, once again, welcome. And I appreciate you being here. All right, man. That's what's up. I'm wearing um, I'm, your name is David Wright, and I'm actually wearing a David Wright shirt. All right. Yeah. New York Mets. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it's cool. You, you got the right name. Yeah, the right name. Yeah. Uh, tell me, man, how is it dealing without sports? Well, well, first let me say um, again, thank you for having me, having me on. Um, sports is a huge part of our society. And the reason I did my show, Church Guys Like Sports, too, a lot of times people think that once you're in church and you become an elder preacher, a minister, deacon, that all of a sudden your sports life stops. You know, we, we love sports just as much as anybody else. And, and just, just because we're in church, that don't mean we don't know what's who's in the NBA Finals or <laughs> we ain't rooting for the Super Bowl and yeah. different things. So I want I want to say that um, with this shutdown, yeah. usually when things shut down, sports usually stay open. Like when 9-11 happened, we had a baseball game that we can tune into. That's right. Or uh, even when uh, World War II happened, they still had baseball going on. Come on. But now everything is shut down from basketball to football baseball we're supposed to be in the beginning of baseball season right now i'm telling you and yeah and, and, and that makes this shutdown even harder because there's nothing to take your mind off of what's going on right so we have to focus on the pandemic That's right. if there was sport going on we could kind of take our mind off of it so what what i found myself doing is just watching old games and and that that gives, that gives me joy because my Knicks haven't won a championship in about 40 years so I was able to pull up an old 1973 NBA Finals and I felt like I was watching live so the Knicks won a championship Sunday right, night right right in my right. eyes oh man so that's how that's how I cope with it yeah yeah absolutely and, uh, you know, it's hard to look at the 90s Knicks games because you had so much lit downs. We had so much success, but we had so many lit downs. I was listening to Joe Beningo on the radio and he watched the um, which one? The Knicks game. Uh, oh, man, it was so many. I think the Houston Rockets game he was watching um, where most of the the loss came from Patrick Ewing not making his free throws. Yeah. One of the things about the 90s Knicks, they were great, but they did not hit their free throws. And, right. And and I'll get, and of course, my my biggest memory, I believe it was 1995, the finger roll. You know, I, I and I love Patrick Ewing. I, I got to say, I love Patrick Ewing. I love my Knicks. 
but we I could not get be, over it. Talk, be nice to my man Patrick Ewing, man. <laughs> Yo, man. I had those two. I had those yeah, two. The truth of it, you know, I think if Michael Jordan had not been around, the Knicks would have got two or three in that era. Absolutely. And I, I watched I watched that whole thing too, you know. From, from like 91 up until 98 or so, man, I got mad at Michael Jordan all over again. <laughs> I, I, I got mad at him all over again yeah. from the time when Charles Smith couldn't make the layup under the rim. And it, it, it was just you know, a treacherous I, time. I met Charles Smith too, man. And it, it, I, did too. I mean, I, was, I met him like this because he's tall. I was just, I was just looking up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're that tall and you couldn't make that shot? And couldn't make a layup. Mm. Mm. And I, I told him when I met him, it was about seven years ago. This is right after I wrote my book. I looked at him and I said, man, I forgive you. He looked at me like I was crazy. He didn't know what I was talking about. I said, <laughs> well, you, you may not know. I, I just know I forgive you. Right, right. And, he did forgiveness. Uh, what, we have, what we have now with sports not being around like we like we're used to it, all we have is the memories. That's right. The memories of what we, the games that we've been to. We don't know how long this is going to last. Yeah. So uh, we have the memories, and as New Yorkers, New York is a great sports town. From the Brooklyn Dodgers back in the day, all the way up to the Brooklyn Nets with, with our current Brooklyn team. You know, New York is a huge sports town. So we have a lot of memories that we can pull from to kind of uh, get us through however long this lasts. But I'm ready for sports. I'm, I'm ready for sports, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, as a pastor, I guess it's um, a little different for us. We miss sports because it take it takes us away. It takes us into a, a different world for a minute than the world you know we've been living in. And, and but now we're just constantly busy keeping in touch with our members, uh, working out technology. I've had to learn more technology now and and how to preach from home, and and really how to develop um, a different type of relationship with church. So uh, for me, it, it has definitely been. Um, a busy schedule in spite of not having sports, but I truly miss sports. And I'll tell you what, um, I was able to uh, go to one of the spring training games for the Mets uh, earlier in, in March. So one of the last games they played and uh, my dad was able to get him there, you know, to enjoy it. And I said, man, I got to get him uh, a ball. So, one of the things you know, if you sit in the stands and you're close enough, a foul ball is possible to come your way <laughs> and Absolutely. you have to be ready. Now, I don't go to the stadium with gloves anymore, but, you know, you're always ready. And so the first one, my mother was sitting to my left and uh, it flew over her head, but I couldn't get to it because I would have had to run over her. I was like, man, I missed it. And then another one came, bounced off the chair behind us, went to our row. I ran over my dad, got the ball, and I came back with a foul ball. So that's one of the things, you know, when you go to a game, there, there's some free things that come to you. Um, I actually got this Nick shirt because it was um, shot uh, up to me. And, I, you know, I wasn't too far up, but it was enough that I could just reach up and grab it. 
So one of the things I learned in going to a game is learning how to grab a shirt, get a ball. And um, so at this Mets game, I had to make sure the ball got signed by somebody. I didn't care if it was the ball boy. It was going to get signed. And I uh, was able to get it signed by um, the owner of the team, Fred Wilpon. Oh, wow, wow. He came walking by, and yeah, I was shocked that he stopped in the midst of crowd because this is the beginning of the coronavirus uh, outbreak. So we were still wondering how far should we be from people? Should we shake hands? Should we not? Uh, but he did sign. He did take the ball. He did sign it, and I was very, very grateful. Man, you got the faith of God on your life, man. That's because right. I would tell you, when they throw on them T-shirts out of that gun at the garden, it's hard to get them T-shirts, yeah. man. You got a T-shirt and you got a fireball? Come on, man. Listen, I once caught a T-shirt. I caught about three T-shirts, I, I guess, in my life. Uh, I was in the nosebleeds at City Field. And they shot that thing up, and I was able, I was at the edge. I was really at the edge. Um, and I grabbed that thing up and uh, it didn't fall back down. So that was one of my Met stories, catching a T-shirt. All the way up in the nosebleeds. <laughs> That's what's up. And, and, and like you were saying, as pastors, preachers, a lot of us, you know, we use sports as a getaway from, um, from the uh, stress of ministry. And I, I'm actually... I'm really praying for a lot of my older pastor friends. They play golf all the time, all you the know, time. just to relieve stress. But now that's taken away. They can't play golf. They can't, and they can't watch golf. They got to go back to old, old videos and things. And that was a stress reliever. Yeah. And um, it, I'm really praying that that we can get through this. And, and yes, we miss our churches. We miss our uh, members. We miss the fellowship. Yeah. But also with that, as as men, and I know it's men, but some women like sports too. Um, but but it's a it's such a, a escape from what we're really dealing with. Yeah. And um, when you when you just can just go home, put your feet up and root for your team. It's also a family gathering kind of thing as well, because most families don't like the same team in the same house. So it's that competitive nature of being able to brag about my team beat your team and this and that and that and this. And all that has kind of been taken away from us for a while, for a little short time. It but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited that it's going to make us appreciate it more. It's going to make the basketball player is appreciate the fans more because right. the basketball player don't want to play a game in front of no fans. That's right. So it's going to make each athlete appreciate their fan base even more. And then, you know, all this load management folks, they, the ball players want, want to take a week off, want to take a game off. I think that's going to cease now that they see how it, how it's like without us. That's right. <laughs> because we don't have them, but also they don't have us. Yeah. That's right. That's so right. it's going to do a shift. Every Everybody, this this whole thing is just going to bring more appreciation yeah. to people who are, who, who are dear to you in your life. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, like you're saying about the family competition, um, shout out to my wife. She suggested I put a shirt back here, but you see it didn't make the cut. There's a certain New York shirt that just didn't make the cut. You know, so, you know, 
Uh, when you're in but the family. Don't, when, tell me the Nets. don't tell me Brooklyn Nets. No, no, it's not the Brooklyn Nets. It's the other other baseball team in New York. It's the, oh, it's the New other. York <laughs> <laughs> it's the other baseball the New team in New York. It didn't make the cut. Oh, man. So I can imagine when the Subway Series happens every year, mm. how you and your wife can just go at it, man. All the time. It doesn't, listen, it doesn't even have to be a Subway Series. Uh, her family is on that side. My family is on this side. So even if I'm around her family talking to them, we're going in. We're going in. Um, and, and And it's fun. It's fun because that's what it's all about. Because growing up in New York, uh, you couldn't be both New York Mets and New York Yankee fans. No. You couldn't. Those no. aren't real fans. The, oh, I like both teams, you know, as long as they're from New York. Nah. Mm -mm. No. You got to choose one side or another. You you know, you cannot uh, tarry between two opinions in New York. That's right. That's right. So now uh, basketball right. is a little different. Football and basketball is a little different. Baseball it is strictly either Yankees or Mets. Um, but I found that basketball, football, because more Nick fans are becoming Brooklyn Net fans, um, you know, or, you know, hey, I might root for the Nets, but when it comes down to it, I'm rooting for the Knicks. It, you know, it, I, I think it all depends. What, what do you think about that? Well, New York, I don't care what these Brooklyn Nets do. New York will always be a Knicks town. Yes. I don't care. And, and, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, but the Brooklyn Nets is a, they are adopted from New Jersey. <laughs> I am not accepting them. They come from the swamp of the Meadowlands <laughs> and they are not a true Brooklyn team. They found some property and, and messed up traffic on Atlantic Avenue, Flatbush Avenue. That's all they did. And they, and they came and they stole Kevin Durant. They stole Kyrie Irving from us. <laughs> New York Knicks, the, the New York will always be a Knicks town. God bless the Nets. You know, I wish them much success, but I don't want them to do no better than my New York Knicks. Hey, everybody, if you're watching right now and you want to make a comment, tell us who your team is. Tell us who your team is. Shout out your team right here on the chat, whether it be on YouTube, Periscope, Facebook Live. Just shout out your team, who you've been rocking with all this time. Uh, I've been rocking with Blue and Orange for a very, very long time. It doesn't matter what team. It could be the Islanders. It could be the Mets. It could be the Knicks. I've been rocking Blue and Orange for a very long time. Now, let's talk history of New York sports. Um, we're talking about where the Nets currently play. Uh, but the history was that the Brooklyn, let me put my Brooklyn Dodger hat back on. All right. So Brooklyn, uh, now a lot of people think this is a Boston Red Sox hat. This is a Brooklyn Dodger. Brooklyn Dodgers, okay? Back there is um, Jackie Robinson, okay? He broke yeah. the color barrier. As a matter of fact, they retired the number 42 through all of Major League Baseball. And once a year, April 15, uh, all the players wear number 42. So that's the impact that Jackie Robinson made on sports. As a matter of fact, he was my first book. Uh, that I read in elementary school. I read about Jackie wow. Robinson. That's what made me a Jackie Robinson fan. Now, the history first be behind the Dodgers name. 
is that they had these trolleys that were going through Brooklyn at the time because they were called the bride's groom, um, uh, groomsmen or something like that um, when they, was, they started. So it wasn't originally the Dodgers. Then they changed it to the trolley Dodgers because trolleys were running through Brooklyn and you had to dodge those trolleys or else you get maimed, you get killed, <laughs> you get hurt really badly. So a lot of people were dodging those trolleys. I guess they didn't have a lot of organization at that time when the trolleys were made. So then they right. took on the name, the Trolley Dodgers. And through time, they dropped the trolley, and, and that's how they became the Dodgers. And uh, Wow. Yeah. That's awesome history, man. Yeah, and they played uh, in Ebbets Field. They played in Ebbets Field, which is now the project's. But uh, Ebbetsville, now there was a transition in time because Long Island, where we're from, uh, you you claim what, Roosevelt? I claim Brooklyn, but, you know, I, I moved to Long Island when I was 16. So, okay. yeah, Roosevelt, we, that's where we right. moved to, Roosevelt. Right. right, so that makes sense because there was a time where they were transitioning everybody from Brooklyn into Long Island which Brooklyn is technically Long Island because there's no bridge to get there. Brooklyn and Queens are technically Long Island. However, right. they were uh, transitioning everybody. Now, uh, depending on your culture, your race, they sold a different type of area of, Brook of Long Island to you. So you had Central Islip, Wine Dance, Brentwood. That was for the African-American community. Uh, Garden City... You know, even Hempstead, Baldwin, that was for a different type of community. Uh, so the Dodgers saw that New York was trying to move people towards Long Island, Queens. So they identified Flushing as a place to move the Dodgers to. But Dodgers wanted to move where the Nets are right now at the Atlantic Station. So uh, that's. You know, that's why they made a deal with L.A. because they weren't going to get a new stadium in Brooklyn. They weren't going to remain in Brooklyn. So they made a deal with L.A. and also San Francisco. That's how the New York Giants baseball team leaves New York, leaves the Polo Grounds, leaves Harlem and goes over to San Francisco. And the Brooklyn Dodgers go over to L.A. And Jackie Robinson, he's like, listen, um, I'm not trying to make that trip. So. I'm going to retire. We're going to go to uh, Chock Full of Nuts and, and advertise that brand, and, and, I'm got, and I'm out. But that was the history of uh, Brooklyn and why they left. Wow, that's awesome history, man. So, you know, a lot of times people, you know, they go back and forth. I'm like, all right, let's talk about your history first. <laughs> let's talk about yeah. your history. The Yankees, um, the Yankees, they were originally the Baltimore Orioles. Not the same organization that exists now, but the name was the Baltimore Orioles. Then they moved to New York. They became the New York Highlanders. And because of newspaper reports, they nicknamed them the Yankees after a while. They took on the name, the Yankees. The logo, the NY logo of the uh, Yankees did not exist until um, Tiffany, the jewelry company, they created an NY logo for police officers that were um, that died, I guess, in you know on the job. So it was an wow. NY in in um, in honor of police officers. 
Yankees took on that NY, then put it on. Because you notice that in any video, you don't see Babe Ruth wearing the NY patch. That came later on. That's true. And then also some history with, with Roosevelt. Roosevelt is where Dr. J is from, Julius Irvin. That's right. So, so with him, I, I know the Nets didn't originate in New Jersey. They were actually in Long Island. Yes, they were. They were, uh, they were playing at Nassau Coliseum. That's right. So him playing for the Nets in the ABA, that was him playing at home. Like Kevin, you know, like uh, LeBron wanted to go to Cleveland. Right. And like, why I wanted to go back to L.A.? Julius Irvin, Dr. J playing in uh for the Nets, the ABA team, that's the first that's really at the time where a hometown dude won a champion, albeit the ABA. Yeah. Won a championship for his hometown. Yep. And then, you know, all the different things that happened. I, I think had it not been for Dr. J, there would never have been a merger with the NBA and ABA. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, a lot of people talk about what logo should be the next NBA logo, whether it should be Kobe, whether it should be Michael. But Dr. J's conversation has to be in there because he was very influential. And I don't know for the life of me why the Nets would let him go. Oh, I can't figure it out. And then let him go to Philadelphia at that. (laughs) Why? Why Philly? I mean, you know, and that's where he really struck gold uh, as far as being an influencer in the NBA. But why? Why? You know, uh, we had it good here. And matter of fact, Nassau Coliseum around that time was very successful because even the Islanders, I believe they were winning like two or three in a row. Uh, yeah. Stanley Cup. So they were good. The Nets were good at that time. Um, the Knicks yeah. had just come off of their run. And, uh, you know, it was going good because the Mets were horrible in the late 70s. The Yankees right. were making their run with Reggie Jackson and Thurman Munson and, and Willie Randolph and them. Uh, you know, so they were making their run. But Nassau Coliseum was the place to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And right, right now, I don't, think, I don't think anybody's playing there now because the Islanders are at the Barclays. Yeah. They're um they're playing at the Barclay, but I believe that the uh the Islanders will be returning to the Coliseum next year, uh until their new stadium at Belmont, uh the Belmont Park, uh will be completed. So I believe that's what's oh. going to happen. Good, good, so. man. I, I don't, what, what is horse racing? Did they stop horse racing too? Oh yeah, everything. Everything, Everything, man, everything they, you know, anywhere there's a crowd, they have shut things down. So, so that's what's happening in sports right now. You know, um, just all over the world. It's, It's not even just a USA thing. It's all over the world that sports are shut down. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm going to ask you three things, three things men should do uh, while sports are shut down. Give me about three things in your mind that men should do while sports are shut down. Well, the first thing 
is to um, love on your family a little bit more. It gives you more time to, to love on your family. Because one thing my wife does is during football season, I got the TV for six straight hours on a Sunday. No interruptions. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No interruptions. So now I have to sit there and watch a lot of different things that she wants to watch. Yeah. So it's a, it's a bonding thing with my family. The second thing is when you, uh, uh, I, I know this is not a fitness episode, but continue to work out. Continue to work out and keep your body in shape. A lot of times um, we, we don't realize it, but seeing the athletes running and running and running, it makes your mind, make makes your mental go to a place where I, I want to stay in shape. I want to stay fit. But now you don't see that no more. So you you might you might slip a little bit in your fitness. So work out at home as much as you can. Yeah. And that's the second thing. The third thing is watch some of these old games. Continue to um, watch some old sports clips. Watch some old football games. And ESPN is doing a wonderful job trying their best to uh, give us something. Yes. I told somebody, they're they, they running out of stuff. They're getting ready to put dice games on soon. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to start showing crap shooting games in a while. But they're doing a great job keeping us in tune with older NBA Finals games and mm -hmm. different things. So those three things. Uh, bond with your family more with your free time. Yeah. Stay in shape. Yeah. It because you don't have to watch to keep that keep that pressure on you. Then the third thing, continue to watch old games and old clips. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, you had a great relationship with your father up until the day he passed. And the nation uh, actually through a time like this, where uh, after Katrina, your father came out with a song that just said, Jesus, 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 and really healed a nation through his music during that time. And you had a great relationship with him. Tell us about your relationship with your father, especially through sports. My father, the late Reverend Timothy Wright, he, he passed 11 years ago. His, the anniversary is coming up. Mm. And he was an extreme sports fan. Oh, my goodness. Behind music and gospel music, preaching, my father was the biggest Nick fan you could imagine. And I remember him telling me of times when him and Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean is another older gospel artist. They they snuck into one of Muhammad Ali's fight, Muhammad <laughs> Ali and Joe Freeman. I don't know how they snuck it. They snuck in to watch that fight at Madison Square Garden. Wow, years ago. So my father was a huge big fan, and he always um, he wasn't a big sports player but he he watched he, he would play basketball every now and then but my father the big guy he was six six foot three three hundred and fifty pounds wow so he was a big strong man and he made sure we knew what real sports were when we would talk about yo um michael jordan is the best this and best that he has to bring up Oh no, Oscar Robinson was the best this. And Eleven best that. championships. Yeah, Jer Jerry Jerry West was this and that and that and this. And then he's and then I remember I was talking to him later on. I was like, man, 
Uh, I told him that Carmelo probably the best college player. He said, "Are you kidding me?" There's a guy named Lynn Bias, and I'm oh, like, yeah. "Who is Lynn?" Oh yeah. I went up Lynn Bias, and I said, "Oh my goodness." We can't forget about Pearl so, Washington. Yeah, Syracuse. Pearl Washington went to Syracuse, and matter of fact, went to Boys and Girls High. My alma mater. Yeah, I met him one time. Yeah, man. So, so my father was a good, an awesome sports fan, and he wanted to keep me and my brothers. And, and I, I think we need more men like that because <clears throat> we need more to tell folks. I know what you see right now, but before you, what what you see right now, there was people forty years ago doing it just as good. That's right. And and my father. Laid that to us. He, he he laid that to us. We we. I was like, oh, Barry Bonds, the best hitter in the world. He said, what about Hank Aaron? That's so he he right. bring, he helped break that era of old and new to make sure me and my brothers, all my brothers, we all are in the sports. He he made sure we knew what the real deal was. Then he said, Barry Bonds. What about his father, Bobby Bonds? I'm like, come on now. All right, got it. You got it. Ken Griffey Senior. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, we, we could talk about dudes uh, in sports all day. Uh, there was a pitcher named Vita Blue on uh, Oakland A's, a beast, Bob Gibson. And, and it, Bob Gibson. And if only we could have videotape of Josh Gibson. If we could have videotape Whoop. of Josh Gibson, Satchel Page. And if we could have videotape of the old Negro League games, if we had that, now that would be a phenomenal watch. Man, Satchel Page, the stories that I heard, I heard that he made the whole outfield sit down. Yeah. <laughs> because he was determined to strike everybody out. Yep. And he did it. He did it. He did it. He struck everybody out. Uh, yeah, and shout out to my father who's watching right now. Uh, he had me into sports very early, uh, but my time coming into sports was around 86. As far as my mental started to really pick up, that's when the Mets were, uh, they won the World Series, but that is when the Giants, uh, Phil Sims, uh, Aiki, oh, yeah. Aiki Heartbreak, LT, Carl Banks, Harry Carson, um, yeah, that was when you go, you, you see the Meadowlands and you see the big Hess sign. And I always wanted a Hess <laughs> truck, right? <laughs> I wanted a Hess truck just because of that. But, um, those were the times Daryl Strawberry, Doc Gooden. Uh, those were great times in the eighties for, uh, New York sports. And listen, I'm gonna tell you a name that I remember very clearly that he does not get enough props for the New York Knicks, Trent Tucker. Oh, yes. Man, Trent Tucker was a bad boy. And they made a rule for him <laughs> because I, I was watching the game. Yeah. When he hit that three-pointer at the last second to beat the Bulls. Yeah. And it was point one or point two seconds. After he hit that shot, they said, okay, no more point two. You can you can't shoot with point one seconds no more. Wow! And I, Trent, Trent Tucker was a dead eye three point shooter. Dead eye. He does not he does not get enough highlight reels from me. 
for me, for me. The next guy that I don't feel gets enough, he gets a little bit, but he, he doesn't get enough was Rod Strickland. Yeah. Rod Strickland. You know why? Because when Rod Strickland came in, I think him and Mark Jackson was on the mix at the same time. Yeah. And Rod Strickland was a was a hard-nosed point guard, man. Oh, man, yeah. And I wish they could have made that work because that, that would have gave the Knicks that same dynamic that they had with Walt Frazier and uh, what's my man uh, in the backcourt with Walt Frazier? Um... Well, Earl the Pearl yeah, Monroe. Monroe. Yep. Two, two point two guards in that six three six four yeah. range, and Mark, Mark Jackson and Rod Strickland. They were the they were the real deal, man. Oh, but, man. And the people give Mark Jackson his props, but Rod Strickland was a problem. He was. He was. He was a street baller. Like they got street ball now with Fat Joe and everybody. But Rod Strickland was your street ball player. He was the original street ball NBA player. Yes. Handles for days, man. Oh, yeah. Handles yeah. day long. Yeah. I, I think had he stayed with the Knicks, his career would have been on a different level. Yeah. I, I truly believe that. I think if he stayed with the Knicks, we might have pulled off some things in the 90s, mid-90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, absolutely, because we we had too many heartbreaks, and I see him playing for the other teams, you know, and it's just like it didn't make sense when he left. It did not make sense, but you know that that's what we remember. We remember some players. Um, who was the player that you remember? Maybe that doesn't get enough credit, but he was like an impact player for you. Man, I'm I'm gonna go back. I, I think that with, with Pat Rowley implementing him the way he did, Anthony Mason. Mm. Anthony Mason never really made any all-star games or all-star teams like that, maybe one. Yeah. But Anthony Mason, to me, was the original point forward. And it, it was he was very out the box, a, a power forward that going to bring the ball up court. Yeah. What you see LeBron doing now, grabbing the rebound and going full the court. Yep. Anthony Mason was doing that, had handles and could pass. Only thing he could he didn't have no sweet jump shot or anything like that. Right. But he was a hard nose. He was he was a street baller without yes, the player. Yeah. He was that street baller that you wanted on your team as an enforcer. Oh yeah. And and he don't he doesn't get the national recognition that I think he changed a whole position. Okay. They started this whole thing calling it point forward. And and Pat Riley was very uh very instrumental in doing that. I don't I don't even know where Pat Riley found Anthony Mason. I don't know if he wasn't a high draft pick. Nope. I think I don't know where he, I don't know where he found him. I don't know where he found John Starks. He just found these dudes and, and put them in a system, yeah. and it worked. It did. It did. I'll tell you one story before we uh, close out here. Uh, I was going to MSG, going to a Knicks game, and I was with my dad, and right outside, we saw this tall dude standing up there, and I ran up on him, and I said, dude, you, you, you really disappointed me, man. You left me. In the midst of our height, and and that was uh, Grandma Mama. 
All right. So, it, you Larry know, Johnson. yeah, Larry Johnson. I saw Larry Johnson. I went up to him and I said, man, I'm so upset because one year I'm seeing you play. And then the next year I'm looking at uh, LeVar Postel and Felton Spencer. Like, dude, <laughs> dude, like you left me with that. He was like, oh, man, you taking me back, man. You taking me back. I said, yeah, man, I was, you really broke my heart, man. Like one year, we got Larry Johnson. Next year, LeVar Postel and, right. and Spencer. Right. Yeah, man. And and Larry Johnson, you know, he, he was the real deal at, at one point as well. And he he was he as quick as he was here, he was gone. Yep. Yeah, those knees, when those knees give out, man, it is hard to play. It is hard yeah. to play back that's what, issues. That's what scares me because I look at his game. Larry Johnson coming out of college was a jumper, a banger. Yeah. And I look at Zion Williamson the same way. I'm yeah. hoping Zion knees can hold up through all this jumping and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's a big body. Yeah, yeah, for real, for real. So, everybody, this is the Anchored Voice, helping men to anchor life. We just wanted to have a conversation about sports because there is no sports right now. There will be no sports for a very long time. I don't know why they keep talking about, oh, man, we're going to start the season back up. There will be no sports for a very, very long time. In fact, we might, we might be turning into, like, Xbox sports just to see a good game. <laughs> it might just turn into that. Somebody watching, somebody playing on a computer just to see a game. But there, there will not be sports for a while. However, take those three methods uh, to heart. Please take care of your family. Uh, I know my wife is licking her lips because she has some painting for me to do around the house. All right. So, <laughs> men, for real, uh, get some projects done around the house. Um, you know, stay in shape. I know I have to. And, and you know. Uh, there's there's enough video. I'll tell you what, the video workout is worse than the actual going to the gym workout. And and when I say worse, it's definitely more rigorous. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it'll definitely 15 minutes will knock you out. 15 minutes. All right. We lost. Um, no, I'm bad. OK, OK. All right. Uh, yeah. 15 minutes will will knock you out. But stay in shape. Stay in shape. Watch some old sports clips. I think I want to watch the 2007 Giants Super Bowl. Uh, do you have a, a, a football team? Is it Giants or Jets? Cowboys? Cowboys, but the Jets are my heart. The, Jets I, heart. I, okay. I'm, I'm a Jets fan to heart, man. Yeah. And the Jets will be all right because Tom Brady has gone far away from us. <laughs> Go as far as you want, Tom. That's Go. right. Downside. That's right. Oh, man. I know. I, I live right down the street. Uh, I had a house. I have a house in Rhode Island, and I live down the street um, from uh, the airport where the Patriots fly in. So you see their Patriot plane and, and everything. Um, oh, now, I, I, now I'm in the Redskin territory. Now now I'm oh. repping New York in the Redskin territory. But, uh, you know, we, we're here. And, um, yeah, I, I'm telling you, but I, I, I can look to 2007 and 2011. Great years for Giants. Jets, you only have Joe Namath 
And so maybe watch a Joe Namath uh, uh, flashback. But I believe that the <laughs> Jets are going to definitely be, be on a better um, playing field this year or whenever we start back up. I don't know. They they might have to do like a year with all sports at the same time. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how this thing is going to work out. They they may have to have football, baseball, and basketball at the same time, and hockey at the same time. So I don't know. But uh, gentlemen, want to thank you for watching. Uh, we did get. Um, we will have to come back to this whole sports thing. I mean, we could talk forever. There's so many people. That I've been talking about. Um, if you want to watch some documentaries, uh, my boy Hollis uh, shouted out Soul of the Game, uh, Bingo Long, and uh, Ken Burns. Anything with Ken Burns, uh, his documentary on Jackie Robinson as the Jackie Robinson story. Actually, Jackie Robinson stars in his own movie uh, as Jackie Robinson. Muhammad Ali stars in his own movie as Muhammad Ali. Uh, so you can watch some sports movies. I get into any kind of sports movie, even if it's not my team. I, I do like sports me movies, Negro uh, League movies. Um, Clifton Davis, I believe, was in one of them. Um, so, you know, fill, fill, fill your void. And, of course, we're preachers that love sports, okay? We're preachers that love sports. So our, our last message is always get closer to God. Uh, you know, get closer to the Creator. And uh, he will definitely bring you through this time. Definitely bring you through this time. But we, we just want to help men get through this time of no sports. And uh, hopefully you'll join me again. And we'll have some more subjects we can talk about. But we want to thank uh, David Wright once again. I have his flyer right up here. Church guys and gals like sports too. So you can check him out. 12 p.m. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. He's on Facebook Live, Instagram, uh, Instagram Live, and YouTube. So you can check him out there. He's going to break down the sports. He's going to break down his opinion on something. Uh, I find it very entertaining. Uh, and I want to let you, everybody know I love this brother, Pastor David Wright. Uh, he's been in my corner for a very long time, and I'm very happy to have him on this show. God bless you, man. You my man, man. I appreciate you. Much love. Yeah, much love, man. So everybody, stay safe. Stay home. Please stay home. We're pastors, so we're going to eventually have to do some online funerals. So please yeah. stay home and, uh, you know, take care of your family. Uh, you know, binge on a few sports and, uh, you know, just, just make sure you stay safe. Keep everybody safe. All right, everybody. This is Dr. Phil 2 with Pastor David Wright. You are here on The Anchored Voice, helping men to anchor life. Thank you for joining our program. God bless. Thank you for listening to The Anchored Voice. For the video edition of this, subscribe to our YouTube channel, McGuire E. For audio, listen on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. Until next time, stay anchored.